Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Mickey Kennedy, who is the president of ereleases.com. Of course, website is ereleases.com. And uh, later he'll talk about a really cool masterclass that he has to offer in case you are looking to uh, better strategize your press releases. So without further ado, Mickey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I thought I'd open up and just start with some uh, cool companies that you happen to uh, have worked with um, in regards to Shark Tank already. So Squatty Potty and Manscaped. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I definitely know the Squatty Potty. My husband and I are big fans of it. <laughs> so it must be fun to work with uh, work with companies such as that. It is. Um, uh, Squatty Potty's done several releases with us. Manscaped's done a few as well. Um, it, it's something that they uh, do from time to time and then come back to. Uh, I noticed uh, watching Shark Tank uh, a couple of years ago that uh, about a third of the people who are presenting uh, were e-releases clients. And so hmm. uh, I circled back with a few of them. And they said that the producers of the show had mentioned us in uh, particular uh, and uh, recommended that they uh, do a press release before their episode airs. And it's also a good idea to do one afterwards. So we, we do see a lot of them come through um, and they do get varying degrees of success because they are tied to a major TV show. So the newsworthiness there is a little bit stronger than some of our other clients. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, opportunity didn't come on accident, considering how, uh, Mickey, you've been in business for 22 years. Um, could you believe that? Like, if you look back, you're like, wow, I have been in business for over two decades. Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, it's a little absurd. Uh, I, I, the funny thing is I started because I wanted to be in charge of myself and not report to anybody. And uh, then you go in business, you realize, well, you are in charge reporting to your customers. And as you grow, you start bringing on employees. So there, there are changes and I've been able to adapt and change and you know grow with it. Um, it's been a fun experience uh, over the years. And we've helped a lot of people uh, by giving them access to uh, press release services in particular, being able to go over a major newswire like PR Newswire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know that you mentioned throughout the years, you've been able to work with startups, small businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, all different uh, types of companies, not even just the two Shark Tank uh, companies that we had mentioned. I'm curious to know in the, let's say since 2020, any uh, uh, industries that have happened to work with you as of late? Well, we work with lots of different industries. We are seeing a lot more authors. Um, mm. We've always worked with self-published authors, but now we're working with traditionally published authors. It seems that the traditional publishers are no longer handling PR for their clients. Um, mm. Maybe they are for the major people uh, or uh, working with PR firms for that, but for the average um published author, they're now sort of left on their own and trying to figure out PR. So uh, we are seeing quite a few more of, of those come through uh, our service. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that's related to healthcare and the pandemic over the past year that we've seen a lot of people mm -hmm. trying to communicate uh, pivots and changes within their business that they're doing that they want to communicate to customers, suppliers, vendors, things like that. So press release is a great way to get that messaging out there. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, with the authors, I feel like I'm not necessarily surprised because, I mean, in addition to the traditional publishing um, agencies, uh, this has been a time for people to be stuck at home. And for everyone that's been saying, you know, I've been wanting to write a book forever. Uh, I feel like I know so many people <laughs> who've really taken this time to write a book. And so I, I feel like I'm not surprised that you're getting a lot of that type of clientele. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's two things that uh, really set your company apart, Mickey, and it's the customer service and distribution. You already hinted at the distribution, but let's talk about customer service first. What sets your company apart in regards to customer service? Well, I think the biggest thing is that we don't have any salespeople. Um, hmm. So if you call us, uh, you're going to talk to an editor. And they can look at your release. If you have a release that uh, you want them to review, they can give you feedback on it. Um, they're there to help. There's no commissions. There's no quotas mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, if you call and say, hey, I would just like to go out locally, we're going to say, don't spend your money on us or with any service. Uh, local media is so easy to get. Um, just research the you know, four or five people in your area that write about companies like yours and just send them an email and introduce mm -hmm. yourself. It's as easy as that. So um, I think that not a lot of businesses operate the way that we do where uh, we really are trying to maximize value for people. And if we feel that, you know, we don't, aren't a good fit and can't give you that value, uh, you know, all of my employees are empowered to, to say so. And I, I feel like uh, that shows and that the customers uh, have a really great experience working with us. There's a lot more handholding with the first press release that you do because people have lots of questions. How does it work? And we're there. And whether it's chat or over the phone or email, uh, we, we just make ourselves completely accessible to the customer. Uh, I know that a lot of online businesses are all about, all about uh, uh, help tickets and things like that. And it, it seems very mechanical. It's not like that at e-releases by design. Mm -hmm. And I've been very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. When when it comes to uh, companies or people trying to put together their first uh, press release, what do you feel like is uh, the number one misconception before they talk to you? I think that uh, the biggest misconception is that it's, it's difficult to figure out. Um, mm. Press releases are actually very simple. Um, if you look at a press release, you'll, you'll see that the format is you know, very standard. There's a headline, um, uh, opening paragraph, maybe a few supporting paragraphs. Mm -hmm. There can be a boilerplate at the end. It's just an about section, like about company. And, uh, and, I'm, and a press contact. So it, it's, it's pretty straightforward. And I think a lot of people... Um, because it is a certain format, get distracted by that. And, you know, uh, if, if you put together a good headline and a document that's written in third person, uh, you know, you're 80% you're of the way there and we can help you as far as formatting and making sure everything else is included. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that your customers, especially those uh, putting together a first press release, appreciate that handholding process with whether it's with you or with your employees. Right. Yeah. So the second thing uh, that also sets you apart, Mickey, is your distribution. Uh, you are the only service that resells a national distribution to PR Newswire. So tell us about that relationship and how you've been able to maintain that for so long. Right. So um, we started as an email only system and uh, 24 Five years ago, I started reaching out to journalists and asking them if I could put them in my database and send them press releases. And they were mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's great. Emails sort of fairly new at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they were very supportive. So when I launched uh, about almost 23 years ago, I had about 10,000 uh, journalists in my database. The number is much higher now, but uh, we were just sending through email. And then PR Newswire approached us and said, hey, you should also send through us. Mm -hmm. And I just countered back. Uh, I charge my clients two to four hundred dollars. You average 
leverage a thousand dollars to move a release nationally over the wire. And so it was very difficult of how we address that. Uh, mm -hmm. And one of the things that I noticed was that they have an editorial team that works overnight. And I said, are they very busy? And they said, no, not at all. But we have to be there in case someone, a publicly traded company has a recall or something important happens in the middle of the night and mm -hmm. they just have to get a press release out. So I was like, how about if we scheduled all of our releases for next day and you worked on them overnight and it wouldn't cost you any additional labor. You've got these people who aren't really doing anything. And so we sort of crafted a win-win situation for us so that my customers have a custom national distribution over Peer Newswire and we don't have to pay anything like a thousand dollars for that uh, part of the distribution. Yeah, I'm sure uh, every company would love to hear that and take advantage of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, so really what you do is you act as a co-op for small businesses and, you know, based on the volume of what you do, uh, you're able to negotiate a much lower price to the news to Newswire, uh, which I think is incredible. And uh, like you said, it took some kind of negotiation and strategy to be able to find that uh, happy, happy medium and relationship with the PR Newswire. Right. We want it to be a win-win for both of us. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they're in business to make money. They're normally charging much more uh, than, than, than they charge uh, us. And uh, our customers aren't people that uh, their salespeople would ever reach out to because mm -hmm. they're looking at the average customer volume of twenty dollars to $30,000 a year. And it would take uh, several hundred of my customers to equal twenty dollars to $30,000 a year. So, um, uh, you know, by acting as a co-op, we have a lot more leverage uh, and, and um, it just makes a, a really wonderful service available to so many people that need it. Yeah, fantastic. I, I appreciate that. And uh, I think that's awesome uh, what you've been able to uh, build for yourself in the last 22 plus years now, Mickey. Yeah, well, let's talk about the press release itself. Uh, maybe some best practices you want to share with some people. I know that you already mentioned a little bit earlier, but um, anything else that you feel for people that are, let's say, kind of doing the DIY uh, press release in the meantime, uh, what are some strategies you recommend for them? Well, the headline is the most important uh, mm -hmm. because the newswire streams by headline. Uh, a journalist is going to decide based on that whether to click through and read the rest of your press release. Mm -hmm. So uh, you really want the headline to... Uh, bring across the most important aspect of your announcement. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, avoid punny uh, headlines like the New York Post. That's for readers and mm -hmm. uh, the humans to, you know, to see, where the ones for journalists are basically just trying to get content across. You can be engaging, but you, know, you want to have... Uh, you want them to know contextually what this press release is about just based on the headline. Um, the opening sentence and opening paragraph is really important because its job is to um, get you to read more into the press release. Mm -hmm. And so spend a bit of time there. I always recommend that you include a quote um, from a company executive or you or, or someone like that um, and spend a little time on the quote. Uh, that's your time to shine, be creative, uh, use colorful language that's you know meaningful in a way. Um, I always say uh, that if someone's working or considering a story and it's kind of a mediocre fluff type story, if you have a great quote, it, it makes it so much easier for the journalist to say yes and to build a story around that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an area where I feel like a great quote can really save you. Yeah. Um, I 
Oh no, go ahead, continue. <laughs> and 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 that being said, I feel like the you know the press release is probably really important to be written well, but you don't have to overthink it, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be written at a really high grade level. You don't want complex language, complex sentences, and things like that. Simplicity rules when it comes to a press release and just getting the content across. Um, that being said, uh, many press releases fail. Uh, they 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 don't do very well, and it, it has to do not with how the press release was written, but the strategy behind the press release. Mm-hmm. Um, so many press releases that are out there are announcing a personnel change, uh, a new VP of marketing, or something like that. And while that's probably important to the VP of marketing, it's not important to a lot of people. Your customers mm-hmm. probably don't care very strongly about it. Um, maybe a trade publication would mention it, a little tiny section of uh, you know who's moving who's where uh, section of, of the trade publication and maybe your local newspaper. So I say in those cases, reach out to the trade publication and the local newspaper yourself. It's two people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's easy for you to research, figure out their email address and reach out to them and uh, save uh, your your um you know, your press release sends where you go over Newswire and you're absorbing a real cost for your more newsworthy announcements. And uh, strategy is something that I, I've been working a lot on uh, recently and put together a masterclass. And I basically looked at my customer base over the last couple of years and figured out that there are some that just get media attention all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of similarities. Uh, one is uh, surveys, studies, and statistics. Uh, journalists love data. And uh, if you can put together a survey, whether it's of your customers or your leads, uh, of 100 respondents or more, journalists are very apt to consider that. And the the trick that I I say here is to, uh, if you don't feel you have enough people for a survey, uh, align yourself with a small trade association. Ask if they'll share it on social media or email it to their members. A lot of them will. And you may Mm. even want to do a co-brand of the survey between you and the small trade association. Uh, All the big trade associations get the love, but the small ones have a good member base and they're always looking for media attention. So they would see it as a big win-win to partner with you if you're gonna be paying to send a release out over the newswire. Another thing that's really important is seed the survey with a couple quirky questions. Those are the things that really resonate with journalists. Uh, We did an auto repair shop in Pennsylvania that, uh, basically, it was surveying other auto repair stores, uh, and, and uh, one of the open-ended questions they had was, "What's the strangest thing you found in customer's car?" And it's just a, a empty field. Uh, they got responses like a boa constrictor, a grandma in an urn, just strange little things. And those were what the articles uh, were about. A lot of the articles led with, "What's the five or ten strangest things found in a car uh, being repaired?" and uh, They got a lot of media pickup from it and the local media picked it up and ran with it. And so a lot of their customers came in and just said, this is great. And they got a lot of links from it and it helped their search engine results as well. So, um, you know, all of that is is very strategic, but it's very doable for anybody. We all can put together a a survey on SurveyMonkey or Google Forms and just send the link out. It's not that complex. And that's something that's, uh, you know, doable by anyone. And you're basically manufacturing, creating your own news. Mm -hmm. So that can work really well. 
Yeah, I think that's really uh, good advice. I'm curious, what is it about surveys and studies? I mean, I, I think like, I don't really think about it. I don't think psychologically what it means to me, but I am personally drawn to them when I'm like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, this percentage of whatever um, of this population does this, you know, like there's something like, in, I guess, endearing about that. Would you happen to know maybe the psychology behind that? I am not sure, but I know that there's a natural curiosity with people. And mm-hmm. I know that, uh, you know, Cosmopolitan magazine has for decades led with 17% of all men do this in the bedroom, page 58. And right. you're just scrambling to that page to figure out what it is they're doing. People yeah. want to know. And sometimes, uh, you know, it's not the answer. Uh, you know, it's it's the question. And people mm. want to know the answer, whether it's 3% of the population or 97% feel that way. They just kind to feel like, wow, that's an interesting question. I do wonder what that percentage is. And so I think that there is a natural element of uh, are people thinking like I think or, or different? And uh, there's something like that that goes into play when it comes to uh, surveys and studies and statistics, but they just work really well and they work time and time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I haven't really uh, unpacked it myself, but it is quite endearing. It's like when you um, notice a, it's one thing to ask a question, but to ask a very odd question, it, it kind of gets you to tilt your head and want to be like, what, what would be the answer of that odd question? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Mickey, you had hinted that you have a masterclass for uh, a press release strategy. Uh, anything else you want people to know about this masterclass? Well, uh, it's completely free. It's less than an hour. Mm-hmm. I guarantee if you watch it, you'll know more about press release strategies than many of the PR firms that come through and use e-releases. Uh, uh, it is at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And uh, it, it's very straightforward. And uh, with it, there's several uh, ideas for building a, a strategy. And you can basically build a PR campaign trying these different approaches that mm-hmm. generally work uh, and they work really well for a lot of people. Um, you know, uh, one of the uh, strategies that comes into play is picking out blind spots within your industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were working with a carpet company in New Jersey and I told them, I, I said, I don't think you're going to get media attention. Uh, we, we went through all the typical questions and what's your unique selling proposition? And they didn't really have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so they said, we have a budget. We want to do PR. So they, we did a press release every month. And after the fifth month, we sat and talked and uh, brainstormed another release. And it just came up with who their enemy was. And it was the big box home improvement stores. And I said, mm. oh, that's interesting. We haven't you know, dealt with that. What does that mean for you? And it's like, oh, it means we have to do this. We have to market this way. And so it was all about their marketing. And I said, how about we do a press release about that? And he said, I, I don't know. I said, I, I think uh, it's different enough that it could do well. They got picked up in every floor trade publication with that release. Wow. Um, and the feedback was uh, that there was more favorable reviews and responses to these articles about marketing than most had gotten in the past year about everything that they had issued. And it turns out there was a blind spot in that industry where trade publications didn't talk about marketing. And Mm. yet all of their subscriber base is other independent local carpet companies. And so they're all in the same boat. And so they loved it because that was just something that they could use. And uh, we did several marketing releases after that, and they could just continue to get picked up. And the thing that they did, and I didn't tell them to do this, they're very smart, Mm -hmm. is uh, when they go to give a quote 
to a homeowner, they take this big brag book is what they call it of clips from mm-hmm. where they got picked up in all about 20 to 30 trade publications over the, uh, this time period, plus the local newspaper, plus a state magazine. And they show them that and say, uh, you know, our quote isn't going to be the cheapest, but we use superior padding. Our installers work with us for years. They're salaried. We give benefits. Uh, the person who puts in your flooring today will likely be here in a year or two years from here. Uh, if you go with, uh, uh, say, Home Depot or Lowe's, the padding you get is not going to be great. The carpet's good, but it's not great either. And uh, they don't know who's going to install your floor tomorrow, more mm-hmm. or less, who will be here in a couple of weeks, because they just use pickup contractors on an as-call basis. And so uh, they started to convert 20% more customers um, by just using that that brag book. And, uh, you know, my, my only concern was when they were getting media pickup is like, you're not reaching your customers. These are floor trade publications, which is probably great, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure how that helps you. But they had already solved that by figuring out we can put this together. And this is impressive to sit mm-hmm. there and see that you've been picked up in, you know, floor trade today right. and, and, and different places like that. And that, sort of, you know, uh, aligns with what a lot of my customers see when they do get articles and earned media, uh, the types of customers they get from that are their most profitable. Uh, they don't open a window and start price shopping. They read this article in the New York times. They want that product from that company. And it's just like, when you read about a great Indiegogo or Kickstarter, you want to go and support them. Mm-hmm. And that sort of goodwill survives even that initial sale. And these tend to become very loyal customers and my customers find it works very well for them. And then they can just also take the articles that appear and share it with their customers, put it on their website. It's a credibility boost and helps your reputation because it is an implied endorsement when like the New York Times writes about you. They chose you from everybody else that's out there to uh, spotlight your company. Yeah. Well, Mickey, really what this all sounds like to me is you just do an incredible job putting these companies and entrepreneurs and startups and what have you, the clients that work with you under good lighting, you know, through storytelling and through the press releases. So, you know, I I'm here for it and I appreciate the work that you do. And, um, you know, before we get going, let me know any other closing thoughts that you want to share with our listeners today. No, the only thing I would say is that uh, so many people feel they're not newsworthy or or Mm. important. And Mm. here I've shared about a local carpet company, an auto repair shop in Pennsylvania. You know, these are not newsworthy companies. And yet they they were able to uh, determine a way, a path to to get media attention. I would just say um, it's available to everyone. Mm-hmm. And you really should consider, you know, uh, using it. And, you know, press release strategies are a great way to sort of reverse engineer how to get yourself in the news and how to be newsworthy. Fantastic. Well, with that said, Mickey, I want to thank you so much again for being on our show. I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, I have to as well. Thank you. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Mickey Kennedy, who is the president of ereleases.com. Remember to also check out that masterclass for the press release strategy at ereleases.com forward slash plan. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com dot com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag 
up my influence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.